everyone. This is Britta Wedeling and you are listening to the Bits and Pretzels podcast, the podcast for founders and entrepreneurs, investors and decision makers. Bits and Pretzels is Europe's leading founder festival right here in Munich, Bavaria. Home to the pretzel, to Oktoberfest and to Bits, of course. Creating the next generation of companies. Welcome to the show. There was so much resistance the whole entire time. I mean, you know what being an actress is when you have a business idea? You know what the advantage of that? People can take a selfie with you and show their friends that they took a meeting with an actress. They are looking at you sideways in every single room and like, do you really think you can create a business? Come on now. So picture this. Even a Hollywood star like Jessica Alba had some hurdles to take when it came to founding her own company. I talked with her during our Bits and Pretzels festival on stage right here in Munich. The air was buzzing with excitement. And we were looking at about 3,000 people eager to hear what Jessica had to say about female entrepreneurship and all the challenges she had to handle. Specifically, in an environment that in many ways is not that different from Hollywood, meaning that the show is run mostly by men here too. Let's take a listen. So before you actually started your own company, you were an actress in Hollywood, mm -hmm. like a pretty male-dominated business. We're still, you, you know... Think? <laughs> I mean, the Me Too movement didn't really change much, right, so far, unfortunately. So, so you made your first career um, in, a, in a situation, in an ecosystem where Maine basically still set the rules, where they literally set the stage for many actresses, and now you move to the next male-dominated ecosystem with being an entrepreneur. It isn't, isn't all of it. I mean, in government, it's the same way. Right. In business... I mean, all of it is still, even though we are half the population, it's really hard to see us in the world represented in positions of power. Yeah, fair enough. And I think the interesting question is because you succeeded in both of these ecosystems, right? So what do you think made you succeed? And what's your advice to all the other female founders in the room about how to succeed and how to push your own visions forward? Yeah, I mean, this is for the female founders and the male founders. Um, it, it's actually a better business model if you lean into diversity. It just is. You will have a better outcome in um, your revenue. <laughs> you will have um, more diversity in thought as you tackle issues and challenges as you will in, in business. It's the nature of the game. And, um, and it's just a really good uh, investment. So whether you are a man um, or a woman, um, it's important that you do see, look around and be self-aware um, about you know, your diversity quota. Mm -hmm. And whether it is some version of equal, the closer to equal that you can get, it's actually just better business. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, for women who don't have an experience or background in business, you know what? It's not that hard. It isn't. I did it. <laughs> Come on. 
I, I, I say that with the self-awareness that I do work an 18-hour day without blinking an eye, and I do have three kids, and I do have two jobs. But what I'm saying is, is that if you really believe in something, you will figure it out. And if you are met with um, people telling you no, people telling you you can't, people telling you it's impossible, that's usually a good reason to keep at it. Um, the only things that uh, people are comfortable with are things that have already been done. So if you're doing anything cool that's gonna make an impact and create true change and have some type of meaning, it's, you're probably gonna get a lot of resistance. And so I, I would always look at um, those types of naysayers as fuel to um, drive me to continue to reach that goal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. So, so do you have any, like, thought, theme, or any advice about how, like, for example, when I'm a female founder, I have to pitch my idea to male investors, and is I think something that, you know, happened you have to, to you? Man, and you have to mansplain it? Yeah. The mansplainer idea. <laughs> we know about That's that, ladies, advice. don't we? <laughs> That's Just have to, advice. you know, understand where they're coming from, see it through their eyes, okay, and walk them through it very slowly. <laughs> and then eventually, it becomes their idea. Oh, great. And yeah. then it gets done. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Usually, that's kind of the way it goes. Um, <laughs> it's weird because we do think differently and process differently, and you have to have room and have, I think, compassion for different people's ways. Like for men? Men or women or, you know, just anybody. There's also just a generational thing. You know, Gen Z, they're very different in the way that they tackle an issue and come to a solution than millennials. And the younger millennials are very different to the older millennials. The younger millennials love a vacation. They love snacks, many of them. Mm -hmm. They want naps in the middle of the day. And they think they should get them. And they also want to raise for no reason. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> None of that has happened to me. Um, no, there's just like a different... Um, I think work ethic in, a, in different generations. And I think you have to be um, open to different ways that people work and process information. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I wanted to have an inclusive environment for parents. That was important to me at my company. So I created policies um, and with, with my team, of course, and I hired professionals that know about this and have experience in this, and I do recommend that. What you don't know, hire someone who does know or join someone who does know what you don't know, and you don't need to be the smartest person in the room. I mean, often I'm just listening and learning 90% of the time. Right. Um, and so I think that's like a very valuable mm -hmm. thing. Um, you, have to be, you have to have humility, certainly. Um, but I learned that you also, like for me, wanting to have parents, I needed to have a really supportive maternity and paternity leave mm -hmm. and also have a flexible working schedule 
when they choose to come back into the workforce. Which is, you know, to explain this to the audience, not usual in the U.S. Oh my gosh, it's, I mean, literally, if you get two weeks, you're lucky. Right. And act, by the way, in television, it's very sad. If a woman is an actress and she has a baby, she will, and you get paid per episode, every episode you miss, guess what? You're not getting that check. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's crazy. <laughs> True story. Wow. So, so, so talk about the culture that you created in your company and how, you, and how important it is, you know, that somebody from the top actually decides, when, because when you talk to people about the culture of the company, be it like a Silicon Valley company that I was covering when I was a journalist in Silicon Valley, you know, with all these male-dominated ecosystems, sometimes these people just miss something because they don't have experiences yeah. in this area. I don't think, I actually don't think most people are being malicious. I think, again, people are just comfortable with the way things have, you know, always uh, been done with just fulfilling a, the status quo. Mm -hmm. It's easier, right? Um, and so you can't fault them for it. But if you want to see a different reality for yourself and you're going to have to create it. And when you get that seat at that table, you don't need to be comfortable with the fact that you are the one female figurehead at the table full of men. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. In fact, you should keep the door open and invite 10 more women through that door and make sure that there's room for them at the table. Right. This brings me to my next question. Yeah, applause. Yeah. I was actually, I was listening to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democrat, um, and she's like a force right now in American politics, as you probably know. And she said something interesting about this issue of diversity. She said actually that women shouldn't try to compete in male-dominated networks because you can't win this situation and women should therefore build their own networks where they support each other. Is this something that you experienced in Hollywood or like as an entrepreneur uh, yourself? You know, there is, there are lots of systems that have been around for a very long time and it's very hard to move a giant barge, right? It's much easier if, if they're little speedboats, but something that's just sort of old and stodgy and is just sort of chugging along, it's, it's hard to budge. And so if you want to be fast, be quick, be nimble, be progressive, sometimes you have to create something that doesn't exist. And if that's a, um, you know, for us at the company, we created a platform um, an ERG that, the, that our HR um, team put in place. And the first ERG that came out of there was um, something called Well. And it's women excelling in uh, leadership and life. And, um, and so we believe that the leader that you are going to be ever um, should also be someone that has like a really healthy home life. Mm -hmm. And your spirit is also being nurtured because then you're only showing up with half yourself. And so uh, it's, um, I'm proud of it. And it also has, what's come out of it is um, per, uh, professional development opportunities 
for women um, that didn't exist before. And we actually created a curriculum. So if you have come in at the company at a certain level, but you want to rise the ranks and get that next, uh, you know, that raise, that different title, um, you need to obviously hone in on skill sets that you just aren't familiar with and Mm -hmm. you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so we have a curriculum that you can, and it's Honest University, and you can take it at our office. Right. And you can then graduate, and you are now um, prepared uh, and ready to take on that next level. Mm-hmm. How, how do you deal with all the different stereotypes? I mean, you are a woman, you were an actress. How did you deal with this kind of picture people had before, from you bef- before you started your career as an entrepreneur? Um, I wasn't, I didn't grow up with um, a lot My parents uh, struggled and and we lived paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, my dad was in the military and he was making, I think, $14,000 a year. And both my parents had like three jobs each on and off. And um, and I was very sick and, and they wouldn't even been able to take care of me if, if, it were, if it weren't for the military, frankly. And then when my dad got out of the military, we moved in with my grandparents and I, and I lived with them until I was... 15 and pretty much just on my own. Um, and so I think um, no one ever sort of like handed me anything and anything I ever had in life I had to work for. And no one believed I was ever going to be successful as an actress or successful mm-hmm. in anything in life. They, everyone always pretty much um, underestimated me and, and um, sort of disregarded me. And was I've always been treated in a pretty condescending way um, for one thing or another. So I think when you you sort of build um, not just a, a resilience to um, negativity, but you also, for me, I think I, I built a fearlessness because there was there's no real place to go when you're already down here but up you know right. and i can only just learn uh as i'm going and if it works hey mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i guess i just sort of took that mentality okay cool yeah <laughs> and now you actually and now you actually have a company that uh is like You, you probably can't comment on that, but it's like considered being worth over a billion dollars. So you're obviously now more successful than, than ever before um, as an actress. Did you ever expect that? That you would, I mean, you spent most of your life, um, you know, being an actress. Did you ever think that you would, that there would be like a next opportunity, a next step in your career that would make you even more independent or successful? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, so talking a little bit about talking a little bit about what you do, what you do at Honest, and the partnership that you announced with Douglas here. Um, you obviously built your own brand. Um, it's a brand. It's, it's an indie brand, like a smaller brand that was actually able to thrive through the internet. So, so talk a little bit about how you look at the ecosystem and how the internet can help let new brands, new companies thrive and how you made use of it? Yeah, I mean, what's nice is you now can control your own destiny and your own narrative. 
Um, you can do your own fulfillment, your own warehousing. Now I'm speaking purely through the lens of someone who wants to make something and, and sell it online. And I think people, individuals and small businesses are um, more powerful than ever. Also because the Gen Zs and the millennials don't really trust um, or want to buy from businesses that are just sort of going through the motions. They really value companies um, and will spend their money and choose to vote essentially with their pocketbook and their paycheck um, with companies that align with their values. And so I think it gives us more agency to build brands that are going to make the world a better place mm-hmm. to be on. I mean, just mm-hmm. so explicit in that way. And, um, and I think, you know, the thing that was kind of, that was interesting when I first found it honest is I told the investors, cause I obviously had never pitched a company to venture capital Hill uh, or venture capital on Sand Hill uh, mm-hmm. road before. And it was very daunting. I was eight and a half months pregnant. I was like, sweaty and heavy breathing. It was the summer. This is with my second kid because it took me from the idea three and a half years then to get to actually pitching the company and creating a a business deck that someone could actually look at and want to invest in. Mm -hmm. So anyone who thinks that this happens overnight, it didn't happen overnight for me. I wasn't Mm -hmm. that person. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, when I was... uh, in that situation, Center Road, you yeah, were pitching to investors. I've been there, done that. Yes, right. and then I was like, okay, so I want a company that stands for, you know, it's called the Honest Company, and I want it to stand for transparency in everything that's inside. I want it to use safe ingredients, most natural that you can, but it has to be safe. Mm-hmm. I want it to perform on the level of conventional. I don't want people to compromise. I want it to be accessibly priced. I want there to be beautifully, I want it to be beautifully designed. I don't want things in my home to be a billboard for a company that you can see out on the street. It needs to fit beautifully in my home. And um, I also want to give back. And so um, they were like, okay, you can get this and get this, but really giving back? And I was like, yes, because I believe that there, and I know as I was one of those kids out there, there are people out there that just simply are trying to make ends meet. And if we can in any way, shape, or form help those people that are just trying to make ends meet, let's try and do that. And I said, if it doesn't work, if it doesn't fit in this business model and we're losing too much money, then we'll reconsider that at the next board meeting. Okay. But what did they what did they tell you? Did they want to invest? They, no, no, they this is this is talking to the investors, I, I went and pitched this okay, to all of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of gave me similar feedback. They were okay. like, okay. And they also said, let me go home and see if my wife thinks this is a good idea. <laughs> that was usually the first one. <laughs> they did. Every really? Time, they all came back. We pitched to six companies. We got six term sheets. Wow. But, we, but the one that we ended up going with... Um, you know, he, they, I remember them really pushing on me on, on the giving back aspect of it. And I was like, it just needs, it, let's just try it. And when you are met with resistance, 
you don't necessarily have to be combative every time and say, well, then screw this. I don't need your money. No, take their money, Um, especially in the beginning when you really need it. Um, Take their money, take in their feedback, and just try it and be smart and thoughtful with how you're positioning yourself and also know what battles that um, you want to fight that are really worth fighting for. And for me, mm-hmm. that was a battle that I wanted to, to mm-hmm. fight for. Mm-hmm. This was obviously probably not just one roadblock that you ran into on your way to become an entrepreneur. So, so how did you deal with obstacles that came in, into your way? How did you, who did you ask for advice? Um, do you have like an, an advisor, a mentor that has helped you on your new way to become an entrepreneur or to start your own company? Oh, there was so much resistance the whole entire time. <laughs> I mean... You know what being an actress is when you have a business idea? You know what the advantage of that? People can take a selfie with you and show their friends that they took a meeting with an actress. They are looking at you sideways in every single room and like, do you really think you can create a business? Come on now. And I also like, you know, I didn't go to college. I don't have a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working since I was 12 and and... So I also felt very intimidated with my own lack of higher education in these rooms. And um, it took probably in, I would say, maybe even two or three years after I launched the company for me to really own the fact that it was my idea and... um, And that I, you know, brought in all of my other co-founders. I sort of even let them take credit for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think the challenges that I was facing, whether it was in the beginning and them thinking that there was no way I was going to be smart enough to come up with a viable business idea. And then when I jumped and actually, like, got and, you know, found the right business partners and got investment. And then people were like, there's no way that this is actually going to turn into something. And then when, when it did, and it grew very quickly, then, um, you know, people then gave all the credit to the men that I brought in. Really? A hundred percent. And, um, and I was an, and also that actress. Um, and, and it really took me seriously, like about two, three years until I was like, no, actually I brought that guy in. This is my idea. <laughs> Good for you. Just want to remind you guys of <laughs> good for you. Of that. Absolutely, good for you. Yeah, it took a while. Absolutely, yeah. But you did it. I mean, I did it. <laughs> so, what are your next? What are the next steps for for your company? Are you thinking about an exit? Are you thinking about growing it further? You Any know, new products that you are thinking of? Yeah, we have a, a very. Um, Right now, we're doing our three-year plan. I don't know if you guys have businesses that are up and running, but your investors really like you to put together a three- to five-year plan, most of which you'll throw out the door. But it's nice. It's a nice exercise. Get everyone on the same page. Uh, and it's a great talking point in a board meeting. Um, so that three, three- to five-year plan, where are we? Um, and then you just sort of go through the day-to-day of, of the business. But um, So we're working on our next three-year plan. And um, you know what's interesting is it's like at every stage, it's sort of like a child. 
at every stage, they sort of get better. And, and it's not that you didn't love them as much when they were newborn and just sort of drooling and, you know, pooping every day, but they get really cool when they like start talking to you and, and, and express their own personality, you know, and, and it's the same with business every year. It gets more interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel as attached to it as I do one of my kids. Um, it is an eight year old. It's only eight years old. (laughs) We have a long way to go. Um, but I'm really enjoying, uh, building it. And the fact that we got to launch with Douglas, and such a an incredible um, CEO and female founder, Tina, uh, Tina Mueller yeah. at Douglas, and and what a beacon for women. Um, and she just really has um, the energy that I think we need to see more women in positions of power um, across the, the globe at global companies. So I'm really honored that we got to launch, mm-hmm. and we're just in our early stages of of the launch and the partnership. So we're going to be moving forward with um, launching more doors. We're online with Douglas in, um, I believe, seven countries now. Is that right, Jen? She said six. <laughs> yes, yes, seven. Um, and so we're expanding more and, and more, and um, it's just been really cool. Um, also, every country has their own nuance, so you sort of like have to relearn the business through you know, the culture and the community that you're selling to. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's been awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, We also just announced that we um, launched Boots uh, in the UK in uh, both personal care uh, with baby products and in our um, skincare and beauty products. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, yeah, there's, there's a lot in the pipe. Um, And then it's just about, you know, building and dreaming and seeing what's next. When I was talking to, to Barack Obama yesterday, he also talked about his daughters and how his daughters helped him to get a different perspective on certain things and how he and Michelle Obama obviously wants to, want to educate their children to really grow up in a diverse world, very well-educated children, and that might also have a different perspective on all the issues that we talked about. Is that when you think about your kids or your family, is this something that you say, well, I learned so much about leadership, about like working really hard to reach my goals that you want to, you know, give back or like educate your kids with? I mean... My kids are probably like the least open to me trying to teach those kinds of lessons. <laughs> they don't think mom's very cool. And I'm usually the one that's like laying down the law and telling them to do their 45 minutes of reading and their chores. Um, but no, I mean, I, I invite my kids into the workplace. And I think, I think the more I just walk the walk and not just talk the talk, the more impact it ends up having on them as people. Like they never blink an eye that uh, a woman can be a founder of a company of 200 people. Um, They never blink an eye that you can go and and build something in in multiple categories um, and have a a direct-to-consumer business model that also is Mm -hmm. a retail model. Like, and they know a bit, you know, I kind of bore them with the details um, as I do. And, uh, and they didn't ever really grow up with knowing me as an actress. Mm-hmm. This is sort of like one, I remember it was like two years ago, my daughter got, she came home and she was like, oh, mom, 
the most embarrassing thing happened. I was like, what? She was like, you were at the grocery store. And I was like, what do you mean? I wasn't, and she was like, you were at the newsstand at the grocery store and was really embarrassing seeing your face there. Okay. And I was like, <laughs> what did yeah, you that. say? So, you know, I used to do that a lot, Honor. <laughs> You're lucky. It, oh, because it was from back in the days? Okay. No, it was just two years ago. Okay, okay, okay. She just never knew me. I see. In that way. And she okay. was like, oh my gosh. She was like, my friends are going to see it. It's going to, what am I going to tell them? Really? And I'm like, oh, God, ah, so embarrassing. I'm sorry, kid. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so they're, yeah, they're sort of, um, I guess, I guess they sort of only know me as a business leader. And then, and then, you know, their dad as well, their dad's an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and, uh, and he had a very different path to his entrepreneurship and he has sold a couple of companies and he's on his third business now. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, Yeah, just leading by example. Mm -hmm. I talked to Donna Burton, um, the CEO of Burton Snowboards, uh, back backstage a little bit about this issue, and she also has this, this very powerful um, partner, and it's like really a power couple, and they're both working together in a company, and they're both pushing each other. And I think that oh, I would never be able to work with my husband though. <laughs> No, we have to stay married. Okay. <laughs> That's the goal. Okay. But I, but I, I just, I just think that it's also like partly like a, like a redefinition of, you know, how males should act. Right. And how like the situation of the modern, modern, modern guys. Right. It's well, not, it's not only the women that have to change. It's also like, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's two things. So I was even though my family didn't have much, my father was a feminist. He always believed that I could be whatever I wanted to be, that I could be as good, if not better than any man in a room. And that the only thing that was holding me back was me just not working hard enough. Mm -hmm. And so I think having a dad that instilled those values in me, literally since I was like three years old, there's like videotape of him saying like, don't let, you don't need to rely on anyone. You be independent. Da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, dad. All right. Wow. Okay. And so having a feminist as a father and then marrying my husband Cash, and he is also feminist. A, fem a feminist and he, he believes in equality as well. Um, but he also takes he participates, um, at home, you know, when I can't be there, he's, you know, putting the kids to bed. He's, you know, getting them dinner. He's driving them to school. He's doing homework with them. You know, like he's participating in their life every day in the same way that I am. And so, um, I think it's just making room to break down the stereotypes that women need to do all this in a bag of chips and that guys can just sit over here and just go to work and that's right. enough. And not anymore. Be, and it could also, yeah. And I was just going to say, it's, it could also be nice for the men to really learn something about their children and not just, you know, go out and work you all think? the time, I right? Mean, I put, mean, it's a, ben it's a big this benefit planet. for them. Yes, <laughs> right? like, that's your yeah. responsibility, guy. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you think about, you know, all the women and the female entrepreneurs here in the room, also the male entrepreneurs, if you wanted to point to one thing that they should take away from our conversation or like from your, all the things that you talked about, what would this be? Man. You know, there's probably two things. One is the details matter. 
the thing that's going to make your idea or your business different is every little detail and how that adds up to making you authentically you. If you're just a copycat and you're doing what the next business did or you're like pretty much just piggybacking on a trend, that's a different type of entrepreneur. Um, That isn't, I don't think, that isn't what I ever set out to build. Um, But I think if you want to make a difference and you really want, if you care about um, building something that has meaning and that will last, um, I think you have to care about the details and, and they do matter. I think the other thing is you have to have relentless optimism and drive and really believe the art of the possible. Um, if you are negative, if you are a naysayer, if you're walking around giving every reason why things can't happen, good luck. Um, you have to be the spirit, the light, the thing that is going to move the business from A to B to where it needs to go. And so I think, and then last one, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. Thank you. Thanks, Jessica Alba. Thank you. So that was it for today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please let your friends and colleagues know about it. You can find us on all regular podcast platforms or come and visit our website. We are also on social media, so go ahead and share, like, and comment. Please also tell us who you would like to hear next in our show and write to us at podcast at bitsandpretzels.com. We are always happy to hear from you and curious about your feedback. I am Britta Wedling. Thank you for listening.